Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, we've got a good one today. The weather is nice. The sun is out. Things are just feeling really, really lovely today. I cannot even begin to explain how excited I am personally for the fact that the semester is almost over at my job, which means that life is going to be so much easier and everything is just calm for now with the exception of my car. So it's a happy Friday. It is a happy Friday here in West Michigan. Hopefully the Friday in Columbus is going to be just as good. Um, it should be. I am facilitating, and which I haven't done in a minute. Well, I'm f- facilitating the workshop that I'm in charge of. Um, I did facilitate training a few weeks ago. but So I'm facilitating my workshop, and then I'm babysitting my favorite little two-year-old, Mr. Bennett, so that his parents can have a much-needed date night, and his parents are my soon-to-be landlords, so, um, you know, we're, we're giving back in special ways for them giving me a very nice place to live for a very reasonable price, so, but yeah, right. but yeah, I'm just, I'm so, like, I, nothing's, like, wrong, I'm just, like, so tired for reasons that I don't know, and probably just the stress of, moving and all that comes along with moving but I had a really great day on Wednesday because I've been working for like two months on building all of this content to relaunch my department's social media platforms this fall and I finally presented um, what I've well a portion of what I've put together to my boss and he was over the moon. Um, He was very excited that I'm going to be bringing what is because I work for student conduct. So everyone thinks we're like the meanies and that we're just out here to ruin everyone's day. Um, But no, we are rebranding. We are going to show people that we're actually here to like put them back on the path to success and he just was super pumped about everything that I had made. And that felt awesome. So. I love that. It was I, a good day. We love a good day. We, we all do. deserve good days. We all love a good day. I, it's funny because I can hear it in my voice just how like less miserable I sound. <laughs> like, I just feel like I'm like in a generally better place than I was when we recorded on Tuesday or on Monday. But I also like, we are coming off of just recording the interview that we're about to play which was lovely um if you haven't if you can't tell by the episode description or by the name of the episode quite yet we had the chance to bring back on Catherine Dobbs who's the chief marketing officer for the Blue Jackets and I I think that like people underestimate just how important people like Catherine are or her team or, or how important her team is because of like the fifth line doesn't really exist I mean like the phrase, maybe not, but like the fifth line, like as like a fan community doesn't exist in the way that it does if it's not for those people. And so I, somebody said to us, uh, actually, I think it might've been Fef. I think it might've been Matt who said that we kind of 
our podcast kind of plays the role of being a storyteller. And I feel like this is one of those interviews today. And I am really excited about it. Every time we do something like this, I get so pumped. <laughs> and I remember why what we do is fun, right? Like, it's just so good to to tell these stories. So are you feeling similarly after after that interview? And are you feeling, feeling excited to let the folks hear it once we get around to it? Yeah. Um, Catherine is, we just love her so much. And uh, we always have such great uh, conversations with her. And as someone who has a marketing and communications background, like I feel like she is my like spirit person. Like we both love like the idea of like, you know, bringing people together and using media and um, events and all that sort of stuff to build a community because truly the Blue Jackets as an entity don't really exist without people like Catherine and her team and the people who were in those roles originally when the team started. So, you know, everything that is off the ice and um, all that sort of stuff is all them. So it's just incredible the work that they do. And uh, we're really excited for you to hear this up, this interview. So here we go. This is Catherine Dobbs. And we are incredibly lucky to be joined by Catherine Dobbs, Chief Marketing Officer of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Catherine, it is always a blast when we get a chance to talk to you. How are you feeling now that the season's come to an end? And, and how's your team feeling just after everything that has been? Yeah, it's always um, it's always a crazy time when the season ends. You know, when I first started with the Blue Jackets in my first couple of seasons, sometimes it's an abrupt end. You don't know what's coming. You're not really sure. Obviously, this year. We kind of saw that that was coming, but even when you know it's coming, you know, the energy and enthusiasm, especially this season, right? We saw the buildup. I mean, we were all in it until the very end, even though we knew how it was going to end. And so this year of all years, when it ends and you think, you know, we had the home game Thursday, home game Friday, Saturday was a busy day. All right, Monday, we're all just going to take a breath, right? We're all going to take a breath. Just, you know, the fans are going to take a breath. Business is going to take a breath. Um, but what was so interesting about this year is I got into work on Monday and like everyone was just vibing and booming. And like the the conversation was already happening. I'm thinking to myself, we just we just finished. Like, do we take a minute here? And everybody was so far in already to next season that it really stood out this year to watch the energy um, regardless of, of the journey that we were just on to see that everyone is excited and ready to make the most of where we're going. So that was really, really encouraging um, because there's been some years when I first started, the season would end and fans would be like, oh man, you know, it's, it's really hard the day after. And my first year, I'm like, it's hard for fans, man, we have to show up to work tomorrow. Like we're, we're going to keep going. And so to be where we are this year and to see everybody show up for work on Monday and just be ready to go and move, um, I think it's pretty telling uh, about where we are as a team um, and, and really the hopeful uh, outlook we have on what's to come. That's so awesome to hear that you guys were just all like super jazzed to, you know, come back in and like, just get things rolling right away. Um, but it also makes me curious about with the type of season that the team had um, and the struggles that come with that, especially from your side of things, like did your team feel that they needed to pivot or change anything that they had planned already to either like 
you know, redirect a message or amp up a message to like keep fans engaged because we all know social media is like a toxic waste, a toxic wasteland of people's opinions. Um, and that can be hard, I think, for um, people who do this work in, in the seasons that we had. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be tough, but I think at the end of the day, um, if you look at sports as a business, we are in the business of entertainment, right? And when you look at the, the value and opportunity to come to a sporting event and what you get out of it, if you separate the product itself, and it's for me as a marketer, it's what's really interesting of other things um, that I've done in my career, right? You're, you sort of separate the product for a second and say, we're, we have an opportunity to bring people together with a common interest, right? And I truly believe people want to be part of something, right? We live in a tough world. We all know everyone's got their stuff. And sports is one of those um, escapes from every day. And what we're doing, we're to come together. We have a good time. We meet with our friends. We bring our family. We make memories. So when you when you look at the two opportunities that sports provides and you look at just that one, regardless of what happens on the ice, we're going to focus on that all, all the time. And I think that for the Columbus Blue Jackets, because of the journey to build this franchise, we've always had to focus on that, right? We never started out of the gate to be, you know, a super um, successful high-end product in year one. And so we know that and we've come from that, but I think it's also what makes it special because then if you can complement winning and the fun on the ice, you can build on that. So it's, it's you know, for us, it's, we're built, the brand's built to flex, and when there's great things that we're talking about um, of what we're building on the ice, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk to you guys about it. And sometimes when that's not going so great, we're going to talk about some other things. Right. And we know the stuff that we do in the community, the stuff that our players are doing, the future, the excitement that what we're building. So we're we build our plan to be prepared to flex. You never quite know if and when you're going to have to. Um, but, you know, even I would say, you know, coming back from Finland, right. We're like, okay, we come together. The good news is we don't sit in a room and go, man, what should we do? Right. We're like, okay, we have a lot of great things. So right now we're going to focus over here and we're going to give this a chance to work its way back. Right. Cause by the way, when that builds up and all that excitement happens, we're going to be excited to talk about something else. But you know, we we build our business plans and everything we do to account for that because we know at the end of the day what we're really about is some unpredictable excitement. Great word, right? Unpredictable, um, but it is entertainment, and we want to have that no matter what's happening on the ice. And um, I I really think that we had an opportunity to feel that out. Now, sometimes that only sustains so long because it can be frustrating. Um, but I really feel like what we're seeing from our fan base and our partners is just the understanding of the value of sports regardless. So. Definitely. And I know you had a very impassioned message that you shared from your own personal Twitter at the end of the season that talked a lot about everything that you just said about like what it means to be a blue jacket on the ice or off, no matter where you fall within this bubble and so what, what were you feeling when you, when you wrote that, when you penned that, when you put it out into the world? Like, what were some of those emotions that you were having just as the season had concluded and as you reflected on what this year has meant for folks on and off the ice? You know, I think it's really easy when we say Columbus Blue Jackets to think of a hockey player, right? Who, who are the Blue Jackets? Well, it's the players on the ice. 
Um, and the one thing that I really connected with in my time with the team is an understanding of um, if you want to, you know, if you want to be part of this, you're a blue jacket. So you can be a staff, you can be a player, you can be a fan. And I think that piece is really, really important. Um, and when we all sign on to be a blue jacket, we all commit and uh, on and get on board with this idea. And so it struck me so much this year that when you have an emphasis so often on players and and the role and the, and the spirit of being a blue jacket, we focus there um, just how much this year that those other folks, the other blue jackets, in this case, our fans really, truly lived up to that that creed. Right. Of. We listen, we're just going to keep going no matter what. Right. And so that piece to me, um, I felt really passionate about it. You guys know, because we spent time before I was a fan first. Uh, so I often go there in that feeling first and the sentiment. And and I know that the entire organization, the staff, the players, hockey operations, you know, everybody really, really felt it this season to understand the commitment to get behind our team, um, to to really believe of, you know, yes, we're we got some tough things here this year, some few challenges, um, but we're all part of this journey. Because by the way, when we get through all this and when we win, we all win together. So every part of what we're doing, and um, so yeah, I just I was just so so grateful, you know, to to feel that. And listen, we have other teams that will call us and say. What are you guys doing there in Columbus, right? How are you doing that? And you know, we come back to the same thing. Like we're all in it. We're all in it together. And so I just, yeah, I wanted an opportunity to extend my appreciation and gratitude and, and acknowledgement um, because it's, you know, we recognize it's not a, it's not a little commitment to see us through um, when things get challenging. Yeah, truly. I mean. I think everyone was impressed, like everyone across the league was impressed at us continuing to sell out games and, you know, just the fans still being so engaged, even in this, this cycle of things. And you taught, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, for the folks that missed you the last time you were on the show with us, um, would you be able to share a little bit more about um, some of your philosophies on the role that, marketing and media and PR play in, you know, building up these like fan communities and sports in general that creates a community like ours that will ride through all of the like nitty gritty tough times um, because we know that down the line, there's gonna be some incredible celebrations all together. Yeah, I mean, I think it stems from, you know, again, I, I was a day one, I was a day one Blue Jackets fan. And we all put the blood, sweat, and tears into it, just as the staff does. And so when you build and you're on a journey together and you recognize it, acknowledge it, share it, admit, right, openly. And I think we try to do that. We try to be honest about where we are. But that's a two-way street. I think our fans are honest with us as well, right? We see that. Um, but I think that creates just an incredible bond, that gets us through the highs and the lows. And so, you know, you, you hear people talk a lot about being authentic. 
And it's so important to be authentic because people see through that pretty quickly. I think what you see from the Columbus Blue Jacket is truly, truly authentic, right? And a, and a two-way street on that. So, you know, regardless of whether or not it's CBJ and 30, and, you know, you hear um, our, our folks talk about where we are and what we're trying to do with some honesty and bringing in the questions and doing those things. I mean, we have um, a responsibility to be real, but also to be able to communicate to you that I promise you just as much as the fans want to win, do the right thing and make good decisions. So too does everyone at the Blue Jackets from hockey operations to players to staff. And so I think, you know, the opportunity we have to, to communicate, um, to share, uh, to sometimes commiserate, uh, to celebrate the wins together. And I think that's been um, a big part of this journey. Like I said, I think it would be different if this club started in a different place, um, as you see in some of the expansion teams as of late. The position they're starting in is a little different than where the Columbus Blue Jackets have. But I think we are who we are today uh, as a team and a fan base because of all of those things. So, um, you know, we all do our best and some days are better than others. And um, but I think there I'd like to think that there's a, a genuine um, connection. That the rest of, you know, the, the the National Hockey League and other sports, when they look at us and they look in Columbus and they go, wow, what's going on there? Oof. Well, this is as real as it gets. <laughs> right. Yeah, that honesty and that authenticity is like, I've always felt like Columbus is so blue collar. And to me, like those are just some like really tr tried and true blue collar values. And I think it's, I think that's why people can connect to it so well. Right. I think that seeing yeah. it from the team, not only just, I mean, I think in, in their play, of course, but also like just in the way that the team presents itself, courtesy of the work that your team does. And so I think you've definitely capitalized on that brand without a doubt. And I think it's cool to, cool to see it work, but you know, most off seasons, you know, having having an exciting off season might mean that the regular season wasn't as exciting for your club, and that's where the jackets are right now, right? I mean, obviously, this summer is one that is going to be uh, a newsworthy summer for the jackets, whether that be because of you know starting May eighth with the NHL draft lottery, all the way through free agency, and all the way through to training camp. There's going to be a lot of stuff to cover uh, for you and your team, and so kind of what are what are some of those plans that are already in the works to continue to engage the fifth line during this exciting summer um some more of those you know um you know twitter spaces things like that like what are some of the plans that you guys have in store if you can share yeah i mean i think um and you hit on the big ones that we don't always spend time focusing on so may 8th is going to be critical and the outcome of may 8th right the good news is you know regardless of, of how it plays out, and we're all going to bring every lucky charm we've ever had. So let's all please, I might be bringing fun dip fireball and everything else I've, and I'll call my mother. So we're all going to, you know, we're all going to be there um, hoping for the best, but the, the great thing is I think for us is regardless of whether or not it's, you know, the, the first pick or the fourth pick that the future is bright, right? We know the depth of the draft draft this year and the opportunity that's coming. So we'll have that. I think that's a great launching point. We have um, the event coming at Columbus Brewing Company, get together, spend some time with our closest friends. Um, and then from there, it really just launches into, you know, we, 
we love the off season in the sense that you do something completely different. And the time we spend in the community um, is really a great opportunity. So we have our mobile tour. So whether that's fairs and festivals and Powell Fest and the Dublin Irish Festival, and we'll be at the air show this year. Um, so we have all those community events where we're out, hopefully talking to our friends and um, comparing notes on where we think we're going and what good decisions we're, we're making to get us there. And then uh, the community development team, man, their calendar is unbelievable. So we are seeing such a huge influx um, of kids picking up hockey sticks. And that's through our street hockey program, through our learn to play program. We have the Blue Jackets Hockey League this year that started unbelievable numbers. So summer camps, get out and learn clinics, learn to play at the chillers. This Saturday, we have our ribbon cutting for the Whitehall street hockey rank. Not only is it going to be a great event in Whitehall, a great community uh, that is so excited to bring street hockey, but we've got goal clinics. So we will have a boatload of young kids getting a hockey stick and a ball and participating. So um, I mean, I think you're going to see us all over the place. In spite of that, we'll have our draft event. So we're working on figuring out exactly uh, what that event's going to look like one way or the other. Uh, definitely going to be exciting. Um, so there's, you know, the calendar is full, believe it or not. We look at it and you sort of think, you know, and and even for us, we've got the NHL uh, awards and then draft in Nashville. So all kinds of things. I think you'll you'll see us all summer long, I hope. And then I'd like to think before we know it. We were joking as a team, you know, we have a we have a calendar that we look at at the beginning of our leadership meetings. And at some point we do a countdown for opening night. So we're all like, okay, is it time to put the countdown on? I'm like, okay, let's give it another week before we get that far. But so I don't blame you. It's going to be an exciting, exciting season next year. So I can understand counting down the days. I have to know, though, <laughs> how quickly is your team going to have Connor Bedard graphics done if it turns out <laughs> on May 8th? <laughs> I'll give you the inside baseball. The, the responsibility I think we have as a marketing team is to understand what are the scenarios coming. <laughs> and based on the potential outcomes, what might our plans be? Right. So I think what you what you have right now is is the marketing team knee deep. Right. And OK, we got scenario A, we got scenario B, we got scenario C. Um, the good news is they're all awesome. Uh, but there's no question, you know, we might flex a little differently depending on how things go. So I, I can assure you that. Yes, we're, we're busy in conversation, and um, but we know that the market will be just as excited as we are when you see the talent that's coming. Yeah, that's, I can't imagine how many, like, just based on the different decisions and how things like rumor mill goes, like how many folders full of like, what could have been like graphics and images like exist like on someone's computer um, that they're just like, yeah, it almost happened, but we're just going to put it away now. Um, sometimes, sometimes that happens and then we bring it back out. We're like, well, the good news is we don't have to start over because remember that time? <laughs> that is true. So an exciting off season is hopefully going to lead into a very exciting uh, actual season because um, Yarmo has been very, very straightforward with he expects, you know, a, a much more uh, winning team to show up on the ice um, in October. 
And depending, like you just said, depending on how the draft goes, uh, there's going to be a lot of eyes on Columbus and a new coach as well. So I know you're probably very much so in the like pre-planning part of it, but what's going on behind the scenes? Like, does this kind of stuff from the front office sort of dictate a little bit more about how you start planning? Because like you said, you have to flex, but um, is it definitely making your plans a little bit bigger and bolder as we approach the 23-24 season? Well, I think we absolutely have to consider that, right? What are those opportunities that you don't want to mess and you can't you can't wait for those. But then there's also the things that, you know, we're always going to work on. So, you know, for example, um, you know, what are the theme nights that we did this year? Um, how do we feel about kids takeovers? Should we do more kids takeovers? Um, we also have some interesting uh, ticket offers that we did. And we had Star Wars night, Margaritaville. And, you know, we had a lot of fun potential maybe to do more. So the evaluation of all those things are happening right now. But those are those things that, Again, regardless of that other piece, we're going to make sure that we're planning for. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to have fun no matter what. But every part of that. So it's really kind of season ends. All right, let's evaluate what went well, what didn't go well. You know, we survey after every game. Uh, and so now I can tell you that survey results can change a little depending on how the game went. So sometimes you have to look at it and say the beer was colder today because the score was better. The beer might've been warmer today because, you know, maybe the, the game wasn't as good. So there, there's certainly some things that play into it, but we're looking at that stuff all the time. So right now we have to reflect on all those things and why is it that fans kept showing up and how do we do more of that? And how do we make sure that we're delivering a premium experience? Cause you paid it, you paid the same price regardless if, if we won or lost. Right. So like how how do we make sure that we're going to deliver on that experience? So we'll evaluate that. And for us, the less fun part of behind the curtain in sports right now is we're going into budgets. Right. Performance evaluations. And then, of course, the key time for for business planning. But the minute we get through all these evaluations and I can tell you we're moving as quickly as we ever have in my time at the Blue Jackets, we get to get into what now? What next? And to sit in a room and share ideas. Um, we had our partner summit today with our corporate partners. Um, their enthusiasm is amazing. The, you know, the theme of the conversation today was around fun. Fun, fun, fun. Fun for them, fun for us. Delivering, delivering on a brand promise for them. And so um, my takeaway from today, right? I'm, okay, I'm going to get the, our departments will get together the first week of June. You know, how do we make sure we spend some time? Um, you cannot be complacent in doing the same things over and over again. There are some things that continue to work, but how do we be better? And so there's definitely energy behind that um, to be able to spend some time because when you're in the season, and I think I used to think we had time during the season, but when you're in the season, you're really so busy. Like life is not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's game day. You know, it's off day. It's, you know, team on the road. What are we doing? So this is the time that if we don't really allocate deliberate time to be better, then it's hard to say how much time we're going to get as we go. So uh, all of that is all of that is happening right now. And then, you know, by July, you've got a schedules coming out and we're in it. Tickets are going on sale at the end of the month. Like we're back at it. 
it's like we never stopped. And do you ever really? Let's be honest. No, no. it's funny because people say that all the time too. Like, oh, it's the off season. Now I will say, and, and my daughter has not made an appearance yet on the camera, but <laughs> I'm home in the evenings. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Um, and it's golf season. I'm not, I'm not a very good golfer, by the way, but I go out and pretend. And so you know, there's a couple things that make it look a little different than the season. But, you know, other than that, it's push, 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 go, go, go. And we're as ready as everyone else to come on, let's turn the page and let's do this. Because I'm going to tell you one of these days, we're going to do it, guys. We're going to do it. Oh, there's no doubt in our minds for sure. And I know the folks listening have the same sentiment, but obviously as always, Catherine, this has been amazing. We love chatting with you. And as you know, and as our listeners know, we both work in higher education, which means that we end pretty much every staff meeting that we ever do. Of course, this is far more fun than a, a meeting, right? But we end every one of uh, one, every one of them with some form of an icebreaker, some sort of like a reflection question. And so we've got one for you. I don't know if you've ever heard about it. It's called Rose Thorn Bud. So I mean, I... I consider myself a rose between two thorns most of the time, but I can't say I know the exercise. So hit me. Well, and you certainly are right now too, especially <laughs> the way we're like, <laughs> especially this way. But um, nevertheless, so we're we're hoping that you could share with us your rose bud and thorn of the season. What what is your rose? Which is something that was really great and and prosperous and lovely. What was the thorn? The thing that didn't feel so great as it was happening? And and what's the bud? What's the thing that you're looking most forward to as as this page kind of comes to to an end? Well, I'm, you know, you're going to get what you pay for here because I'm not sure that this is brilliant. And I'm, my guess is a bunch of people listening are going to think the same thing. Um, you already know the commitment of the fifth line for me is, you know, demonstrated by my year end message 100 percent. Right. And what a great reminder of the role everyone has. So definitely um, the fans and uh, and their commitment to the team um, injuries. Oh, injuries. I'm going to, you know, and unfortunately, sometimes it feels like a snowball effect. You get one and then you just kind of go from there. Draft. I mean, come on. Right. The opportunity. We have so many other uh, young players. I mean, Marchenko and Kent Johnson and you're watching them and you're just watching that energy. Um, that's amazing. And to think we can build on that with you know, the Johnny Gurdjieff's and the Patrick Lanes of the world. Um, there's a lot to, there's a lot to be excited about. So uh, I don't know that that was a, a really deep answer, but that was certainly the first thing that comes to my mind. No, I love it. And I think you're, you're spot on with a lot of the people that we know and uh, a lot of the folks that are listening. So we appreciate that. And we do have one final question for you okay. um, as our favorite Canadian Okay. We we want to know from you: Is this the year that Canada breaks the streak and finally a Canadian team wins the cup again? Ooh. I mean, that's kind of like asking me like a second favorite team, right? <laughs> it's like who's your favorite child, and then who's your second favorite child, and you're like, I don't have favorites. Um, I don't know. Even if even if let's just say I wanted that to happen. I'm not sure this is going to be it, guys. I'm not sure this is the year for that. So I think we might be holding out a little longer for that one. And I'll just wait for the Blue Jackets to get back in it and I don't have to answer the question. 
Fair, fair enough. You'll have to let us know who has the best bracket once it's all said and done in the marketing team. I'm sure there are some folks okay. around there that made one, and I'm just curious. I, I always have to know. So, yeah, I hear you. Good stuff. Well, Catherine, we really appreciate you taking the time. Um, let the good folks know, like where where they should be keeping up with you or with the team. What are some of those social handles that uh, would just be good to plug here? Oh wow. Listen, I'm not the entertaining side. If my mother had social channels, I would give you all of her handles. I'm pretty sure I am her uh, social coordinator when she sends me the videos and says, here, post this. Um, so Kate Dobbs 99, that's all you need to know. That's where you're going to find me. But really, you're going to get your news from Jackets Insider and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Follow there. That's going to have everything you need to know and the ins and outs, especially as we study our options going into this draft. So and appreciate. I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you guys how much we appreciate you and the rest of the community that gets out there and has conversations. Um, we're so, so grateful uh, I appreciate your attitude, your interest, your fair conversation about what's happening with the team. Um, so we, we really do appreciate everyone out there that's a part of this journey that we're on. Well, right back at you, friend. We appreciate you. And um, we can't wait to, to chat with you again at Nationwide Arena here soon. Let's do it. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you, guys. Obviously, we agree with her that a Canadian team is not going to be winning the Stanley Cup this year. But nevertheless, I mean, what an interview. I, I like you mentioned before the interview started, like any chance we get to talk to Catherine is always just such a treat. And she she talks about like honesty and authenticity. And you don't get it from people more clearly than you do from Catherine sometimes. I like I think that she tells it how it is and she's not afraid to to when things are are not going great she'll say it when things are going great she'll say it like i her her authenticity shines through and i think that's part of the reason why so much of what the jackets do to market the team feels so authentic and real is because there's a lot of authenticity and realness in the leadership of that of that branch of the jacket so laura what what were your thoughts on the on the conversation well, I think she shines a great light on, I think sometimes fans can feel disconnected or feel like their efforts go unnoticed. But I think we really got the message through and through from Catherine that the team very much so like, and by team, I mean, everyone from players on up to the um, front office, like really felt how dedicated the fifth line was, especially this season you know, continuing to sell out home games, even when we're, you know, bottom of the barrel, uh, continuing to participate in events, you know, in the community, still being supportive and, you know, just really rallying together because, you know, she says so eloquently in her interview, like the Blue Jackets didn't have the start that these other, you know, I'm going to call them spinoff teams. Um, these other <laughs> teams like Seattle and Vegas have had um, where things were just so much more put together and they're like, they got, you know, to pick their players fully and all this sort of stuff. Like, you know, so Columbus has really always had to fight their way through and to prove, as you all know, that this is a hockey town that, you know, the love of hockey is deep in this city and, um, you know, that Blue Jackets fans can be found basically anywhere. Like we see it in our numbers sometimes, the reach that this show has. And um, 
they've just been so impressed and so like touched by by everyone in the fifth line and you know she also said like we're gonna commiserate in these moments but you better bet when the winning starts and the success starts rolling that we're all gonna be celebrating together too yeah and i let me tell you if there's somebody who i want to plan a party when things go well it's that team so i'm looking forward to when that happens it's going to be really lovely but but yeah, I mean, I think there's so much about what she shares that's real, right? Like, I think it's, we have the opportunity and we're lucky enough to have a team that can can also kind of be a storyteller, right? I talked about how, like, I think of our show as that, but I think of the Blue Jackets like that sometimes where I think for so many years you hear about how unimportant Columbus is and how, you know, there's no real sense of hockey or community here. And I think that a lot of the work that this team has done and when I say this team, I don't necessarily just mean the Jackets. I mean, like, this marketing team to show a lot of those stories out of Columbus, whether that's, you know, the different, you know, kids that they feature have incredible stories during, you know, Hockey's for Everyone Night or during, you know, Cancer Awareness Nights or Hockey Fights Cancer Nights. Like, whether it's, you know, the the commitment to local you know, hockey programs and creating spaces in underprivileged areas to bring hockey, which is such an inaccessible and expensive sport, to areas that a lot of kids probably never thought they'd have the opportunity to even engage in the game. And it might not be on ice, it might be roller hockey, it might be, you know, stick and, and you know, ball, but it's awesome. Like, it's just so cool that this team is so committed to that and that they're committed to telling that story. And I think a lot of the perception of Columbus has changed in large part due to the work that they've done. And that's, that's cool, right? I mean, you, you're talking to the voice of the Blue Jackets when you talk to people in the marketing team because they're the ones that are telling the story. And we're really lucky to be able to have those connections with them and to, to work with them. And they, they truly, like, I don't know that any other franchise is as good at valuing fans and making fans feel like they're a part of it as the Blue Jackets do. And I don't even just mean you and I. Like, obviously, like, you and I have got a podcast and we get the opportunity to do some things and as a result of that. But even just the fans that don't have a podcast, don't have a blog, like just the fans who are out here, like, having a good time, like, they bring you in. Like, that's cool. And it doesn't happen like that in sports. I think, I think people forget about that because I think Columbus is lucky to have multiple franchises that do that. Yeah, and for the size of the market that we're in, like, the way that they really – they know that to, to grow the game and to grow the interest in the team that they have to start with the fans. They have to start with the community. Like, um, and they've just really, and, you know, obviously like bigger market teams have a little bit more bells and whistles, bells and whistles, but like, I much more appreciate feeling seen and feeling like I am part of something than, you know, just a bunch of flashy this, that, or the other thing. And, you know, we talk to other people that have podcasts on our network and they're always just so like impressed with the, um, like the support that we get from our actual team. Like, and that makes it special. Like you can have that more connected, like real community feeling with the Blue Jackets and, I do think that that really sets us apart. And I think that when the day comes that we do bring a Stanley cup back to Columbus, like it's going to be that much more special. 
um, because then everyone's going to hear our story. Like everyone's going to hear about how we worked to get to this point and they're going to see that all along we were a hockey city. Without a doubt. And Laura, we're a hockey city, which means that we would be remiss to not talk a little bit of hockey on this show. There's not really a ton from the Blue Jackets perspective. We'll talk a little bit of rumors very briefly, but uh, any surprises for you so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs? By the time this episode comes out tomorrow, uh, as we're recording here on Thursday, Friday, it's possible that the Toronto Maple Leafs gasp and the um, Vegas Golden Knights could potentially clinch their series by the time we talk next or by the time this even gets released. And so, Laura, have there been any surprises for you in this Stanley Cup playoffs? Are you enjoying watching it? Have you gotten a chance to watch much of it? If not, all good. But it's it's been interesting hockey, to say the least. It definitely has. I haven't gotten a chance to watch full games, but, like, definitely catch up on the highlights. And obviously, when anything, like, big or dramatic happens, you know, I'm always seeing the clips on TikTok and um, on Twitter. I mean, I would be all for the Knights clinching their their first series because according to my bracket, that is who I selected. Not so stoked about the Maple Leafs potentially doing it. And also just like kind of confused as to where this like, you know, mega all-star like Tampa Bay Lightning has gone in this first round. Um you know, do you, I think the Homer in me is like, oh, Toronto, like you'd finally get out of the first round. But also like, ew, Toronto, I don't want you to get out of the first round just so that we can keep making that joke that right. they can't make it past. But I know you picked them in the first round. So, you know, but everyone else, I mean... Hurricanes and the Islanders, like, I think that the Hurricanes probably will clinch it on Friday. Like, they've just played a more solid game, I think, than the Islanders. Um, Devils and the Rangers, God, I just dislike both of these teams so much. I mean, the but, thing is, like, the Rangers started strong, but the Devil, like, this could go either way for me. Like, I'm like a coin flip at this point. Like, I know I picked the Rangers to win the series, but... They haven't played great the last three games, so I don't know. And I will be mad if the one time that I didn't go with my feelings on something, if the two teams I would have picked by feelings end up winning their series. So the Kraken, I mean, they could push it to a game seven. Like The Kraken are up 3-2. Oh, that's right, yes. Um, so, yeah, they could clinch it. Like, And that just... Wild. It, wild. I mean, I love the Kraken. They're my, like, West Coast team. But I didn't go with my feelings because Jeremy always makes fun of me for going with my feelings. And then here we are. And then also, like, with L.A., I mean, I know Edmonton is up 3-2. But, like, L.A. has really been playing, like, some great hockey. Corpy has looked really great in net for them. Um those aren't really conversations that we need to get into about Corpy and Elvis and Columbus goaltending. Cause that was like all a buzz the other day on um, social media. But yeah, I mean the Oilers like, come on, man, live up to all this hype that you have all the time during the regular season and just like finish it off. 
Yeah. But I, those are my thoughts. What are I, your thoughts? Yeah, I think they will. Kind of talking about that Edmonton LA series. I saw, I don't know why Josh Peck's um, Snapchat like subscription story showed up on my Insta, on my Snap story. Like but Josh he, Peck from Drake and Josh? Yeah. Um, not sure why, but in it, he was like at the Kings Oilers game the other night and he and his and his kid were like giving the players like fist bumps on their way out onto the ice and stuff. And it was so, so peculiar to see Jonas Corposalo like just go up and give Josh Peck's kid a fist bump. And then Vlaslav Gavrikov did the same thing, which didn't feel as out of place. If there's anybody like Vlad seems like the kind of guy who probably would be about the Hollywood buzz, but like Jonas Corposalo seems like so antithetical to this concept of like celebrity. And so it was just so out of place to see him there. And he's like warming up and all this kind of stuff. And Josh Peck's just recording him. I'm like, this is weird to see, uh, contextually speaking. And I was like, man, I, that moment was like, oh man, I'm sad. <laughs> but also like, this is really cool. So I, I have similar thoughts as you. I mean, I think the Dallas Minnesota series is really interesting. I really hope Minnesota wins on Friday to push that to a game seven. It's a game seven we all deserve. I think the Avalanche are going to push it to a game seven. I honestly won't be surprised if they win the series. Kale McCarr was out in game five, which I think was a detriment to them. And I. Oh, well, yeah, because he was suspended, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, that was a stupid, stupid play by him. But. There's also like they have the com complexity of you know a situation that has a lot of like unanswered questions and that's the whole thing with like uh, Val Nishchushkin, um, and so we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, he's not going to be around during the playoffs, I don't think, and so they've got to figure it out another way. But it they could do it, and that's like a fascinating little like revenge story for like Philip Grubauer, who uh, obviously the Avalanche went a different direction after his contract was up. They went. And, and traded for Alexander Georgiev, who's played well. Um, but, yeah, it's just – it is going to be interesting to see that one. And in the East, I mean, like, Florida's giving Boston more of a series than I expected. Boston had a chance to clinch it on Wednesday. They didn't. Uh, Toronto and Tampa, I think Toronto is going to win tonight as we're recording. I think that they're going to they're gonna call it a, a series, which is cool. Carolina and New York, I don't know. I I think you're right. I think the Hurricanes are going to win that one. And game six, and then man, this Devils Rangers series. I mean, it's weird that they're only they had they must have had some weird scheduling issues. Yeah, there were three days between game four and five because they're only just now getting into game five. And so it'll be, I think I read a stat, it was like 79% of teams that win game five to take a 3 2 series lead end up winning the series. So big game five there for the Rangers and the Devils. So by the time we record next week, we'll uh, we'll know a little bit more about how some things are looking. But, but yeah, I mean, it's been fun to watch. I'm more excited as, as this gets deeper into the into the run. I'm, like, just excited to see some of these teams go up against, like, a Boston or what have you. Toronto, Boston, if, if they both find a way to win, that's going to be a fun fun series oh, to watch god you can't watch it you're gonna have an aneurysm you can't watch it but i will watch it for you and i will let you know how it goes i just ugh, the ego itself in the arenas between those two teams like massive yeah massive ego, but Anyway, the jackets are not without some news, though. Uh, I saw earlier today another speculative uh, news 
quote unquote news article from one of those like fan blogs that talked about the Blue Jackets apparently uh, being open to listening to offers once again on Boone Jenner. I, it's just so funny to me. It's just such a bad take. And let me tell you, if he gets traded, I'm clipping this and I'm calling myself out for it. Like, you know, you all know me. Uh, I did it with, when I said there's a hundred percent chance all of your strand plays for, yeah, I listen, I get it. I've done it before, but I just don't foresee a situation where the Blue Jackets entertain anything. And I was reading, you know, the concept of a first over or not first overall, but a first round pick and a high, a highly touted prospect. I listen, I don't even think I'm making We that already have two first round picks. I don't know. I, all I know is that uh, if either Boone Jenner or Andrew Peak gets traded in this off season, it's going to get nerve wracking every time we make a player request for the interview. That's true. But I just don't know why so many people want to rip our captain away from us. Like, I mean, he's just, good. I understand that. But like, they just want us to feel pain, I think, is why they keep bringing it up. So, haven't, haven't we had enough pain? Yeah, haven't we had enough? Thank you. Apparently not. But the other one that is like legit, right? Like, and I think like to me, this is feeling very similar to the off season that Sean Crowley was an unrestricted free agent. And everybody was like, oh, he's going to sign at Columbus. Like, there's not really any reason to like wonder about that. This is kind of how the Kevin Hayes thing feels to me. Uh, you know, I think that there's like almost an, un like there is like a much higher probability than in most cases for a trade to occur uh, and that would be between Columbus and Philadelphia for Columbus to acquire Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes has like, I think it's like 7.3 something on his, uh, his, is his cap hit. I don't know that the jackets are exactly eager to take on that much money. I think that Philadelphia would have to retain some of that, but it'll be fascinating. Do you know, it'll be hilarious. What? I don't think it would happen, but if Jack Roslovic is a part of that trade back to Philadelphia, I think John Tortorella is going to have an aneurysm. They did not get along. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I like, there's no way. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe it will, but I, I, I'll tell you though, I think if I were the Blue Jackets, I would probably, I would take that trade. Like, I would, I don't think, and I don't even think it could be one for one, but I know. But I, I'm not anti Kevin Hayes being on this team. I just, it can't be costly to the future, right? Like, you can't, trade away prospects or value there because if you're philadelphia like your value there is actually acquiring all that cap space so they probably don't have an interest in a player like a, a jack roslovic right like if you're the jackets they're probably like hey how does emil bemstrom sound or how does liam foodie sound right again two players that could give john tortorella an aneurysm if, if the flyers trade for them but i, I don't, don't know i think he liked both of them in a weird way Maybe. I mean, I think there's probably more truth to that with, with Bemmer than there is with Foodie. I feel like Foodie never got a lot of time of day from Torts because Foodie was one of those, and honestly, they both are, right? Like, they're the guys who, like, have some skill and, like, maybe don't, like, shore up certain parts of their game because they know they can get away with it in some aspects. But then John is like, I think the fuck not, you cannot. And so we'll see what happens there. I think the Jackets are probably just going to end up parting with a draft pick to get him. I don't think that that trade is going to be anything crazy in terms of what the Jackets have to give up to acquire Kevin Hayes. What are your thoughts on Kevin Hayes? I feel like you like Kevin Hayes. Do I, is that, am I reading that right? No, I do like Kevin Hayes. Um, you know, I think Columbus makes 
a lot of sense on a personal level for him as well. Like he's friends with Johnny. Like he is friends with Cam Atkinson and Nick Foligno, both who are huge proponents of Columbus. Um, He's looking pretty hard to get away from torts. Um, And I think coming to Columbus and coming to the situation that we're now in, where we're going to have a new coach, where the expectation is like, definitely, it's not changing, it's just shifting to come sooner than some would have expected. Um, And just, I mean, I think a lot's going to be, like Catherine said in her interview, like, a lot's going to be determined when people see who we get in the draft. Um, So, I mean... I wouldn't want to take on his whole salary, like you said, but I think it's kind of a natural fit. And I mean, it would be kind of sweet in my opinion to like, we would be sending him away from cam, but we could send some like familiar faces back to cam to have in Philadelphia. So he may not like those two people or however many, but they would be familiar. Well, it's going to be one of those stories where we're going to find out that Kevin Hayes is living in Cam Atkins's house, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, that's endearing at least. But Laura, is there anything else on your radar as we, as we begin to wrap this one up, we've got a little bit of, a little bit of rumor talk. So you know that I'm satiated. I feel good. And we've talked playoff hockey. We had an incredible conversation with the one and only Catherine Dobbs. Anything else on your radar as we look to wrap this one up? We've got an exciting next two episodes, so I know we're really excited to record those on Sunday. I think you all know what we're talking about. But uh, I say it like it's some like world-renowned thing. Like I say it like it's like everybody circles the date on their calendar for Jeremy and Laura's exit interviews. And... I think people enjoy them, though. Oh, so... 100% they do. I think it's just like it feels uncommon for us to not be on an episode together. So I think that's part of the appeal to it. It's like, people are like, this is different and strange. I wonder how this is going to go. Correct. And even though like, we're not technically on them together, Jeremy is always on mine because he has to set up the stream yard for Steven and I, because I don't know how. So I walk all the way away. And then last year was funny because we had a lot of the same answers. And as I listened to them back, I'm like, people definitely think I listened to this because a lot of this is similar. But no, I'm always excited to record those. And yeah, I mean, people are like chomping at the bit kind of, I think, to have some sort of news. And it's like, we're only a couple weeks into this situation. Like the off season is long. So like we need to parcel out the excitement and the things and also, like, people are crazy if they think if we're going to get a coach in, like, the next seven days. People are like, spoiled from John Tortorella getting hired the day that Todd Richards was fired. And now I think people don't recognize how long of a process this could be. Like, I don't even want to, like, I do want to be a fly on the wall. But, like, in that room, if we do end up getting, like, the first, I mean, we're picking one one through four regardless. So like a lot of skill there, but if we were to actually get the number one pick, how many more people are going to come out of the woodwork to like want to coach our team? I don't think that they are in any hurry 
to do this. Heck, Yarmouk is over in Switzerland right now watching a bunch of prospects in the U18 tournaments. So, like, I don't really think, like, he's... I mean, it's on his list, but it's not, like, top of it right now. It will come, people. We will have a coach. Don't could you, worry. Could you imagine a world where, where everybody was like, you know what? Don't need one. Let them coach themselves. That's <laughs> <laughs> I go great. Just pure chaos. In the most pure form, absolutely it would be. But, all right, friend. Well, I think it's time then. I think it's time for, for you to do what you do best and let the people know where they can catch up with all of our unadulterated What? That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> Uncensored chaos. <laughs> we are not adulterers, though. So <laughs> kind of unadulterated. Sure. Woof. It's not much yeah. Fun. It's I'm fun. just going to take that away from you. And so I'm just going to keep talking now. So just so you don't say weird things. So, yeah, um, but yeah, you can follow us on social media at Twitter and in, on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. You can check out our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you want to support the two of us and get some sweet merch in exchange, you can go to our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, Uh, particularly if it's on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And again, we don't know how the algorithms work, but we just know that your likes and subscriptions and comments and whatnot um, help us see it noticed in the hockey podcast charts and help to bring more people into this lovely little community of ours. So other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. And hey, even if it doesn't help us on the hockey podcast charts, it does make us smile. And who wouldn't want to do that? That's true. That was me painfully smiling into the camera for those who are listening and and are not seeing this video content. But we appreciate it, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for letting us be the storytellers of some of the really cool things that happen behind the scenes for the Blue Jackets. I know that our conversation with Catherine was a highlight of my week. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. But until then, uh, we haven't... Laura, which one of us is going to go first? Which one of our exit interviews is dropping first? I don't know. I went first last year, so... Maybe I'll go first this year. There we go. There it is. But, all right, well, you'll hear from me on Tuesday, and you'll hear from Laura next Friday. But until then, make sure you take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and we will uh, rejoin you uh, a joint custody home again the following week. But take care. Bye, everyone. Bye.